Hello, everybody, and welcome again for another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I am Bart, and today I am joined by Lucas. Hello, everybody, and I'm reminding you in the eternal words of Kanye West and the new workout plan to cover your mouth up like you got SARS. <laughs> uh, by Wyatt. Hey, thanks for talking to me. I've been going insane in quarantine over the last week. <laughs> oh, haven't we all? Uh, uh, joined by Aiden as well. What's up? Yeah, I I don't have a Kanye quote this week. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't actually go. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, by Jared. Um, I've been still on my Formula One craze, and I've been watching Super GT karting on YouTube, which is really fun. Um, I would recommend. <laughs> I'm not, that didn't sound convincing, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, today for you we've got a, a pretty NFL-heavy episode, but we're also going to discuss the coronavirus and uh, a few other bits and pieces of other sports. So let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the coronavirus and, and how it's impacting everything. Everything is canceled. Lucas, we can start with you. Which sport or event uh, in its absence, will you notice the most? So I picked two events because I think they're sort of tied together and why I'll miss them the most. And I'll pick, and I picked the Olympics and the Euros. I don't think they're necessarily my favorite of these, though I enjoy watching both of them a ton. I think March Madness would take the cake in terms of favorites. But these occur every four years. Um, mm. And sort of losing that every four-year aspect of it and all the build-up to it, I think is going to make their absence feel most known to me. I think they're both such cool things, but also which transcend like all the monetary aspects of sports where people are just playing for, you know, their own pride and for their country. Um, and it's cool to see the athletes compete for just like the own glory of it and it being so unique in every four years that it feels extra meaningful when it does happen. You have really cool stories where people can just like burst onto the scene and be incredible, like Katie Ledecky in the last Olympics, or there are people that are icons and can sort of make their name known forever in the history books like michael phelps with his eight gold medals sort of solidifying that or cristiano ronaldo winning the euros last time and finally getting that international trophy so again i don't think they're necessarily like my favorite to watch every year but i think just they're so special and so unique because they're every four years that this year is going to hurt a little bit extra to miss them and not be able to have them when there have been all the anticipation building for both of them mm-hmm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the mainstream option, and I'm just gonna go with the NBA. Uh, I think if you don't say the NBA, at least a little bit, you're lying. I think it just really was starting to get good, and it was gearing up for like a really good playoff run, especially because like the whole storyline between the Lakers and the Clippers, and then the Bucks, and then LeBron James, his MVP case again, um, and then of course <laughs> there was like Zion trying to make the playoff push against John Morant in the number eight seed. I think that all of that would have been really fun to watch. I uh, was really excited to watch all that kind of stuff but i mean it doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen but i'm definitely missing it right now i mean we've only been like a couple weeks without it and i feel like it's been forever but they also recently scrapped the idea of the floating stage in the nfl draft they're not doing it and i really <laughs> wanted goodness. to see the guys on the boats <laughs> to go shake roger goodell's hand <laughs> Um, that might be the singular uh, like, biggest thing I'm missing because I was so excited. For yeah, <laughs> so that was that was funny. That was gonna be funny, um, but now I'm just gonna sit cool. here. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I think there was they were saying that they're gonna do like a studio setup kind of thing, but I mean, if it's not yeah, a floating of, stage, I don't want it. 
Someone was like, are they just going to send 32 sets of like jerseys and hats to every player <laughs> who might get drafted <laughs> in the first round? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so you've heard it here first. Unanimously, we pick the NFL draft as the event that we would miss <laughs> most. Uh, so that's yeah, why I have this question. Uh, I'm actually going to disagree with Wyatt uh, pretty significantly. I don't think the NBA was going to get good for like two or three months. So I'm I'm not feeling that now. I'm feeling what was about to actually get good, and that was March Madness, or what was about to begin. Uh, and yeah. I'm trying not to think too much about it because it's it's kind of sad that that's not happening currently. I can safely say now that March without March Madness is is pretty lame. Um, St. Patrick's <laughs> Day can't really carry the month uh, the way that March Madness can. That's <laughs> that's my conclusion here. Um, and I know they got flack for not postponing initially. I, I think it's clearer now that it that wasn't a you know really a possibility given that they wouldn't be starting until June or July when a lot of the you know yeah. the drafts were happening and and um, stuff like that. So I'm I understand it not existing at all this year, but it was set up to be a really good tournament, um, especially given that there are a lot of you know the non powerhouses who are who are dominating this year. So it could have been like the the 2007 college football season of. Uh, of college basketball seasons where there's a lot of randomness and kind of upstarts, but yeah, we're not going to have it. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely unfortunate. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I am tempted to, to say March Madness is my answer, but I also agree with Wyatt that this NBA season was going to be terrific. Thank you. And I, I, I will be sad to miss that, but, but I mainly, I agree with Lucas's logic um, with, with the Euros specifically, not so much the Olympics. Cause I, I haven't really watched the Olympics that much since I was like a kid. Um, but the fact that the Euros come once every four years and now they're taken from us really hurts me. Um, I just like, I love world um, like soccer with national teams uh, in particular. Uh, and you don't get that much great competition in, on that, like um, on that side of soccer, unless it's the World Cup or the Euros. Um, so yeah, I'm bummed. I was excited to see how the whole like doing it in different countries setup would have worked this year. I was excited to see Poland uh, tear it up, maybe. Uh, and now we have to wait. It hurts. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the NBA and, and March Madness will will be missed as well, but they're every year, so it's a little less special for me. Yeah, those are all pretty good answers. Um, I went <laughs> with one that you can't really visually see is some absence in it, but I went with college football. Hopefully it doesn't ever get to the point where they can't play college football games. That would be terrible. But um, even so, even if the actual season isn't hindered, I think it hurts a lot of the teams that got new coaches or like programs that were looking to rebuild or like change their culture somehow. So like the big examples I thought of are like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, I feel like just has such a bigger handicap now that he can't really be with his players. They couldn't do the spring. They couldn't do their spring game or anything like that. Mike Leach at Mississippi State and Dave Aranda at Baylor. Um, I think those guys are at an even bigger disadvantage now where the teams that already have that ingrained and stable culture, I think will will thrive next year. So I, I think a, re, a potential repercussion or effect of this is that we'll see like Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Alabama again in the top four, like same exact teams because they, they oh, didn't really skip as much of a beat as other teams might. You forgot about I was ten- Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> in Notre Dame. Yes, um, Brian Kelly entering year 11. Yeah, that's true. Wild. How, that's crazy that he's made it to double digits. Yeah. I was tempted to say Formula One because this is my first season actually paying attention to it, <laughs> and, and they haven't had a race yet. Uh, but they're doing virtual Grand Prix 
Um, so I've been kept busy with it, uh, which has been fun. Jared, um, there's also uh, I watched this yesterday. There's marble yeah. racing on ESPN. So oh yeah, another uh, substitute for Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's great racing as well. Very right. tight. It's incredible. overtaking things like that. Anyway, we're going to transition into some NFL-specific news with um, a lot of free agency moves. We're going to discuss whether we think these teams uh, are real contenders for a Super Bowl run next season. We're going to see if they're contender or pretender. Um, so, why I'm going to start with you, and we're going to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are they a contender or a pretender for you? I'm super on the fence about this one, really. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with contender. I think that... Although I don't love the signing of 43-year-old quarterback Tom Brady, and I'm not a hater. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, if he can manage to throw south of 30 interceptions this year, I think that they're going to be all right. Um, yeah. They can definitely make the playoffs. Uh, if you look at their schedule, and it's all it's all released already, kind of going off of what the teams were last year, they should be able to make it in. Um, they're mm-hmm. not going to win their division. I think the Saints are easily going to win the division. And then they're going to have to be stuck mm-hmm. in a wild card team. And last time, I think Tom Brady was in a wild card game. He lost, which actually was last year. But I think statistically, um, he doesn't do well in wild, wild card games without that home field advantage. So I'm going to go with playoffs, yes. Championship, mm-hmm. not likely. Yeah, I'm. I have to agree with you. Um, so I was looking at Jameis Winston, like some game logs. So 21 of his 30 interceptions came in losses. So when when he took care of the ball, they had a much obviously would have a much better um, chance of winning. In in their nine losses, five of them were by seven points or fewer. So this I think what that tells me is that despite all Jameis Winston was doing to help the other team, they still were in games. So that tells me that Jameis was the reason. They were losing these games. So you li- literally take him out and replace him with a quarterback that takes care of the ball. 24-8 and eight touchdown to interception ratio last year. Um, that te- I think then a couple of those games will flip to wins, and like you said, they'll get a wild card spot. But And he's, he's battling with another old QB in Drew Brees, but I think that the continuities with the Saints will help them out more, and they're a better team. Um, so I don't think Tom Brady will be a reason that they lose any games. Um, but he won't be the reason that they win a game, I don't think, either. Which is why I don't. I think there can obviously uh, will make. I think they will make the playoffs, but are not real legitimate contenders to win a Super Bowl. Is the new playoff format um, this year, this coming year, or is that going to be uh, until twenty twenty one? I think it. Uh, I think it is this year, but then the eighteen. No, I think it's twenty. No, I think yeah, the playoffs is immediate because they would need. Yeah, I think the is playoffs it? is immediately. The seventeen game schedule is going to be. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Then. Starting, it could be the starting of the 2021. They also say could be as if they're not going to do it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. They give themselves an out as though they'd ever say no. Like right, that. exactly. Um. Okay, so anyway. So then we're going to go over to you, Bart, and we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans. Are they contenders or pretenders for you? Yeah, for me, they're pretenders. And I will have to admit, it's it's not a super numbers-based uh, analysis for, for them. It's it's more of a gut feeling. I just feel like, I mean, yes, there's something to be said about continuity, and they have plenty of that. They obviously are keeping Ryan Tannehill, the franchise tag, Derrick Henry, uh, which the PFF guys would argue is a bad idea. But anyway... Uh, I just don't I, like. I don't. They weren't good enough this past season, and I don't think that they're quite over the hump. I, I don't know. Ryan Tannehill doesn't strike me as 
the the quarterback that that can carry you to a championship. I think their their pound and um like pounding running game is going to be limited this next year. People are going to be expecting it, and they're they're going to be better prepared for it with a full off season to defend it. And obviously, they'll have tape on Ryan Tannehill as well. I just I think they're if anything they're going to get worse and not better this next year. Yeah, I agree with Barb for a lot of the reasons he mentioned as well. Like, I know they made some noise in the playoffs last year, but they did go 9-7. and seven. It's not like they, you know, lit the world on fire. Derrick Henry is great, but I don't know. It's a quarterback-driven league. Ryan Tannehill is fine, but I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he'd be up there with guys like Trent Dilfer as the worst quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl if they made it there, and I just can't see him leading them away. They haven't added a ton and they traded away Jarrell Casey, who's one of their better D-linemen, so I'm going to also put them in the pretender category. I can see them somewhere in the same vicinity as last time, as last year, something like 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, or seven, maybe scrape into a playoff spot. But I don't think they have any real shot of winning a Super Bowl. Lucas, can I, can I interject there? What about Nick Foles leading the Eagles? Do you think he might be up there with one of the worst quarterbacks to lead a team to the Super Bowl? No, don't you remember in 2013 when he threw 27 touchdowns and two picks? Mm. He had one statistically really impressive season. <laughs> I don't think he's one of the better quarterbacks to ever lead anybody to a Super Bowl, but I don't think he's one of the worst. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, okay. Yeah. But up next, we're going to be talking about the Cowboys. So, Aiden, can you tell us what you think about the Cowboys and whether they're a contender or pretender for next year's Super Bowl? So I'm actually going to go with contender on this one. I think this is... Dak's going to be motivated. He, you know, he didn't get that new contract and he's going to prove the haters wrong. And, I, you know, none of us are haters, obviously, um, you know, <laughs> on, on this podcast. We love Dak, um, especially Wyatt, who we'll hear from next. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I, I think it's less so the fact that um, that the Cowboys will be good than the fact that the NFC East is weak. Uh, and that's a void. And so I think they can at least I think they have a very solid chance of at least making the playoffs. And, you know, once you're, you're in the playoffs in the NFL, it's, you know, it's, stuff can happen and, and who knows. So I do think they're a contender. Um, but, yeah, what a, Wyatt, what do you think? Is it my turn? It is your turn. Go <laughs> there for <it>. is <laughs> no way the Cowboys are contenders. This is a hard pretenders. I don't care what Dak Prescott is going to come out and say that he's got this chip on the shoulder and he was a late draft pick and then the Cowboys didn't want to give him a contract or blah, 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 blah. There is no way I'm picking the Cowboys to be contenders. They benefit heavily from playing in the NFC least, sadly, where my Giants reside. Um <laughs> But they could go 0-8 and, and still have the ability to win a division. And I'm not even going to give them... Not 0-8, sorry, excuse me. They can go 8-8 eight and eight and still have the ability to win the division. But I'm not going to give them 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't even think they win their division this year. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I had them originally slated. <laughs> playoffs, probably. Scratch it. Hard no. And championship, <laughs> no way, no how do they win a championship this year. Wow. <laughs> I'm really excited to, to read the tapes off. Uh, read the tape season is book it this is gonna be an interesting uh hindsight hold on they they they're super weird as far as the front office goes and and the way that they've signed some of those players they signed their number one wide receiver Mm -hmm. and their number one running back who was two years away from from getting from being eligible for a contract right and then they let their franchise quarterback hit the market it doesn't make any sense in what they're doing they signed their running back to a huge deal, like I said, and then they're stripped of talent defensively. 
they're going to be the next LA Rams and give it three or four years when they're just, they have nothing else going for them. They miss the playoffs. They're not moving in championships. Their window's closed. Hey, but it, but in two years, if they're the Rams, they'll get a great new logo. So, <laughs> oh my God, don't even get me started. It got me heated. Jared, Jared, what do you think about the Colts? They just signed Phillip Rivers. Are the Colts a contender or a pretender? I'm I'm gonna go with contenders. So hear me out. They're in the same division as the Texans, Titans, um, who were the playoff teams, and then the Jaguars. Texans were ten and six. Titans were nine and seven. Right. Um, the Colts they added DeForest Buckner for good interior pass rushing. Got obviously Philip Rivers. They re-signed their left tackle, re-signed their second best receiver in Zach Pascal. Um, their kicker is much more consistent, most likely. Adam Vinatieri was starting to fall off, missed a lot of field goals, and their kicker that they signed on for the last four games made five of six of their field goals. Um, so that that game, I think, is in order. In terms of their schedule, I will admit that they have a pretty tough home schedule. Five out of the eight of their games are against playoff teams, but two of them are the teams that are in their own division. So if they win, let's say they split those, and then they split the away games when they play the Texans and Titans again, I think they make the playoffs. It's not... I mean, would we be surprised if the Texans took a step back this year? Next year? I don't think so. Same if the Titans took a step back, just as Bart was saying. I wouldn't. We wouldn't um, be too surprised either. Um, they have a young defense that could get better. And their trouble on offense was that they couldn't get yards. So uh, they were 30th in passing yards last year, where Phillip Rivers was fourth in the NFL last year. Um, and he was a year removed from the pro from a Pro Bowl season. Like last season, obviously wasn't his best, but I think he still has some good football left. So for all those reasons, I think there are legit contenders. Interesting, yeah. So I I will concede that the the defense is young; they might get better, uh, and that their schedule might work out for them. But for me, the argument hinges on Philip Rivers, and. I disagree, actually, that he still has good football left in him. For that reason, mm-hmm. I think they're pretenders. I think that he is basically washed <laughs> and that this next season, they will realize that they didn't really upgrade from Jacoby Brissett at all. I mean, Whoa. look at look at the numbers from last year, right? I don't okay. know. Maybe, maybe a one season isn't a great sample size, but... I mean, in a lot of ways, Jacoby Brissett was better. I mean, a 23 to 20 touchdown ratio, touchdown interception ratio for Philip Rivers is really awful. If you think about it, for a starting quarterback, nearly one to one. I mean, like Jameis Winston's 30 to 30 comes to mind as well. Um, Jacoby Brissett had a much better one. Obviously, he had fewer yards. Like you said, the Colts were limited with their yardage gains last year. But in a lot of ways, they were really similar quarterbacks. Uh, and the numbers aren't all that much better for Philip Rivers. In fact, in some ways, they're worse. So I don't think them signing him is actually going to change all that much of their outlook for this next season, and they're going to be around the same place where they were last year, I think. So if the Titans and the Colts are both pretenders, who wins that division? Okay, honestly, if the Texans hadn't traded DeAndre, I would say them. But now... I don't know. I mean, you can win a division don't and still not be a contender. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will he say it? Will he say <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. I feel like it. I feel like it might be an NFC East type division next year, where there's just yeah. like an eight or eight and eight or nine and seven team sneaks into the playoffs as the division winner and gets eliminated immediately. Just, just wait to see what Bill O'Brien does with those picks. Then they might change. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Bill O'Brien will mess it up somehow, and the, and the Colts, the Colts sneak in. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> okay, we'll see. 
Um, okay, and last last but not least, let's let's discuss the Bills. Lucas, what do you think? Contender or pretender? Um, as listeners of the podcast will know, I'm a huge Buffalo Bills guy, and I think they are a good contender this year. I like they were good last year. Crazy solid defense, sixth overall um, in the league in yards allowed. They were a playoff team already. They had a good showing in the playoffs, so they didn't quite advance past the Texans. But the big area where they were lacking, I think, was explosiveness on offense. They had sort of a turgid, in many ways, ground and pound sort of offense. And they added explosiveness by adding Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen's sort of coming into his own. And with a weapon like Stephon Diggs, I think they're going to really just take it to the next level next year. I think... Book it now. They win the AFC East. They win it by at least two games. Ooh. They go twelve Ooh. and four next year. Oh, spicy. Bills are going to be really good. Book Shoot, it. But yes. the but the Jets are going fourteen and two. How are you going to top that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even consider the Jets. <laughs> but thank you. Settle for wild card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I got to side with Lucas on this one. Not my um, beloved New York Jets. Uh, I think the Bills are definitely a contender. If only for the fact that the AFC East is wide open. Uh, it's pretty wild mm-hmm. that, I mean, the, the Bills are going to be like the front runner coming in and the first non-Patriots kind of front runner for in the past, you know, what, 15 years maybe? It has been a long time. 20. So, yeah, like, it's it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I feel like they're definitely the, the clearest team to, to fill the void. I think the Patriots will still be a real threat because after all, it was their defense last year that kind of carried them as opposed to, you know, Tom Brady. But I do think the Bills are the front runner going in. They've had a good offseason thus far, and I, th- I think it'll be exciting to watch. I just wanted to ask one question. So uh-huh. do both of you see Josh Allen as the real deal as far as leading a, a Super Bowl team? Mm. I think he can be good. In, I think he can be, as previously discussed, a Nick Foles type quarterback in which he's good enough to lead a very, very good team around him to a Super Bowl. Uh, he's, yeah. I, I think he's way better than Nick Foles, though. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I don't know if that's interesting. True. I think he has the potential to be. I think he's a lot more athletic than Nick Foles. Oh so yeah, I think he could. That's an easy. <laughs> the th- the exciting thing for the Bills is that if Josh Allen just if last year was his peak, then like I feel like that's okay. I, like I wasn't expecting much more out of him to be honest. Um, so if he does continue to like actually get better, like I'll I'll be impressed, and the Bills will continue. Like that's not their game. Their game is not passing at the moment, at least. How are we talking about how how are we talking about this being Josh Allen's peak when it's his second year? He has plenty of time. It'll be his third, I think. Uh, No, but it it was his second year. It last year was. Some people peak early. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm saying like I didn't expect that much out of Josh Allen to be honest. He's already exceeded my expectations. Um, And greatest thing to come out of the University of Wyoming. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) But if if Tua gets drafted by the Dolphins. Josh Ooh. Allen won't be the best quarterback in that division. I think I think people are hating on Josh Allen a little too much. He's he's yeah. still got some time. He might not yeah. be setting the world on fire right now, but like he's getting up there. No, I think he's a very good quarterback. Like, I think he's good <laughs> enough, like I said, to lead a team to the Super Bowl, even if he's not like a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, et cetera, et cetera, type guy. Yeah. You know, someone's got to fill okay. the Tom Brady void in the AFC. <laughs> it's gotta yeah. be Josh Allen. But. <laughs> it's not gonna be Sam Darnold, so. Um, but anyway, we're gonna head now into our short stories, uh, which I'm gonna I'm gonna start today by talking about uh, a great story this year, or a, you know, pretty good story this year that got cut a little short, and that's gonna be uh, Rutgers basketball, which uh, I know we were all 
we all every year follow Rutgers basketball very closely. You know, the, the ups, the mostly downs. Um, but anyway, uh, their last NCAA tournament appearance for, for college basketball was, was in 1991. Uh, they were, they had a pretty good, they were pretty legit back in the the seventies and eighties, but they have completely fallen off since, uh, the thing that they've best been known for in the past, I'd say like 10 or 15 years was when Mike Rice, the video came out of him, like verbally and physically abusing players, um, Mm -hmm. during practice. Like that is, that's what they've been known for. And they've been so irrelevant, uh, since then. But anyway, this year they actually had a really good year or at least by their standards, they're headed to be like a, a 10 seed. Uh, but the thing that I'm I was most interested in in terms of uh, Rutgers basketball this year was their home and away splits, which were were pretty interesting. Uh, at home, Rutgers was 18 and one this year, uh, so Ooh. do not play Rutgers at home. Away from <laughs> home, they were two and ten. Uh, so that might, <laughs> that might not have voted well for the NCAA tournament, or they would not have been at home. Uh, but it does really beg the question of who likes New Jersey that much. That is that is pretty wild. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they're like uh, the Sixers of the co- uh, college basketball world. Uh, honestly, though, that's that's what they were this year. So some pretty wild home and away splits from from Rutgers basketball, and we won't really get a, a continuation or redemption from from their story with the with the tournament. So. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is that is my story today. I want to talk about the worst logo I have ever seen <laughs> in sports. Uh, so, like over this last weekend, the Rams debuted their new, brand new logo, and it's it's the worst logo in the NFL right now, easily, <laughs> easily the worst logo in the NFL right now. Uh, the, I I was reminding, I remember in 2017 when the Chargers were going to debut their new logo. And everybody hated it. And they hated it so much, the Chargers said, you know what, never mind. And they just went back to the old one. I hope LA fans feel strongly about this one, this Rams logo, as they did about the old one. This looks like... This doesn't look like a football team. This looks like a... Like... Logistics company, I want to say. I mean, this is, it, like everything about it is is bad. And they, they're building a new stadium. I don't know when it's supposed to be ready. But the new stadium... It is shaped like the old Rams logo. So everything about the Rams is, is so messed up right now. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't wait to see what it's the pretty jerseys bad. look like because I'm going to hate them. P- people on Twitter are, are having a field day roasting them. I've seen, the logos, I mean. I've seen plenty of people that are like already just redoing the logo and it looks better than what they've produced so far. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did you see the Chargers also released a new logo yeah. in the midst of all this? Because yeah. people are like, the, the, people won't notice because they're so off in arms over <laughs> I, yeah, the I got a Rams logo. It, yeah. <laughs> but it's the same as, it's pretty similar to their old old one, is it not? Yeah, it seems like it. They yeah, just kind of like shape the bolt a little differently, I think. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, I think the A in LA or something is like a bolt in some version of the logo. But it's, it's like the, the A in Chargers is a bolt. But I think their logo is cool. I like their colors. Like the Chargers logo is cool. And I thought the Rams had really nice helmets. I like the Rams helmets. I liked everything that they were doing. I don't really see the vision here with this one. <laughs> yeah. The Rams jerseys that are the like the bright yellow and bright blue are also some of my favorite jerseys in all sports. I wish they would stick with those more often, but they're yeah. Not happy. So we're gonna move into one of my favorite uh, segments that we got going on, Cash or Trash. So, Jared, cash or trash, Bill Belichick is to blame for Tom Brady leaving. 
<laughs> That's absolute cash money um, from what we're hearing. <laughs> An article I just read on ESPN was talking about how Brady, like most employees want to be appreciated and valued by their employer. And Bill Belichick is so non no nonsense and so like principled in a way that he won't even extend like <laughs> friendship to Tom Brady, basically. And I don't blame Brady for wanting to enjoy the twilight years of his playing careers. So I'm, I'm cashing that. I'm doubling up on the cash. I think that <laughs> it's it's pretty clear that Bill Belichick wanted to move on. And in, there were stories. Yeah. And everybody knew he wanted to move on back in the Jimmy Garoppolo days. Um, they didn't offer him, Tom Brady, a huge contract. It's it's pretty clear from, like you, guys, like you said, everything that we've heard so far just kind of shows that Bill Belichick is ready to move on. And I actually think it's the right choice for the ta- for the – Patriots to do to move on. Mm-hmm. He did extend some nice words afterward. And he said that he was like a big example of the Patriots way, but it, it's pretty clear that they were ready to turn a new leaf in new England. Yeah. All right. Um, right back to you. Wyatt. Jameis Winston should have no problem finding a new team. Cash or trash. <laughs> I'm going to go with cash <laughs> again. Uh, I saw I read a report today that said that he should expect to be teamless for a while. <laughs> but I, I do think that there is a place for Jameis Winston in the NFL. Um, outside of the 30 interceptions that he threw, he also did throw for 5,000 yards and I think 30-something touchdown passes. So there is a little bit of talent there with him. I think he's going to have to have a Ryan Tannehill kind of year where he goes and sits behind somebody and maybe mm. gets a chance to start. But it'd have to be like the right team and the stars would have to align for him. Um, so cash that he shouldn't have a problem finding a new team, but... It seems like he's going to be like that for a while. Yeah, I'm actually going to trash this one. Yeah, kind of along mm-hmm. the same lines um, as or at least repeating Wyatt's point about um, it is clear at this point that Jameis Winston, there aren't a ton of suitors in the market at the moment. A lot of people are holding out until the draft, you know, trying to see if they can pick up a Tua or a Justin Herbert uh, mm-hmm. before they, you know, go splurge on Jameis Winston, who's still going to be expensive <laughs> despite him throwing, you know, 30 interceptions. Uh, and, you know, when I when I picture Jameis Winston's resume, I picture him, you know, bolding the led the NFL in passing yards 2019. <laughs> and, you know, he's <laughs> hoping that no one notices anything else. Uh, but all that aside, he's, he's still a, he's a good option. It'll be it'll be interesting to see whether, though, if a, a team signs him as a as a starter at this point, though, because it's it's you're running out of teams who actually need a starter who are looking for a, a veteran quarterback because you need a team that thinks that they can contend um, and thinks they're a Jameis Winston away from that. And that's, it's feels yeah. kind of difficult to find at the moment. Yeah. Go to the Patriots. And I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> what about Cam Newton? Cam Newton will have a better season than the Panthers starter, Teddy Bridgewater this year. Yeah, I'm gonna cash it. I'm feeling better about Cam. Uh, have y'all seen his his Instagram posts lately? I don't I don't see how you couldn't feel better about <laughs> Cam. You know that this man is motivated, um, and you know he's he's back with a vengeance. And you know we may not be able to understand anything that he's he's saying about his his anger in terms of in, his Instagram comments, uh, but he clearly is mad uh, and wants to prove something. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I do think that Cam is someone who you know there's still a little bit of, there's gas in the tank for sure. Uh, and I think he will have a better year than Teddy Bridgewater. I actually think I'm going to have to trash this one. Uh, kind of in the, in the same vein that I was discussing Philip Rivers earlier, I, I just get the sense that Cam is 
is a little bit washed up. But for him, I think it's more so because of injuries. And I think his, his arm might just kind of be shot. Um, but, like, I mean, when we saw Teddy start for the Saints last year, he, he looked quite good. I mean, he went 5-0. and uh, I, I actually would, would be surprised if, if Cam really tears it up next year. I think Teddy will be better. You think... If, you think if he doesn't go to the Chargers, that'll impact what you feel, how you feel he's going to do? No, I, I, I feel that way regardless of where he goes, I think. But the Chargers would be an interesting fit for him in I a think, good way. I think all signs point to that. But go ahead. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, next up, Wyatt, what do you think of this one? Neither the Ravens nor the Chiefs will have the number one scoring offense in 2020. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cash. I think it's going to be really hard. Uh, as good as those teams are for them to kind of like repeat the number one scoring offenses that they do. Um, the Ravens, especially, I think they're going to have a hard time and I think the chiefs are more likely, but I don't think the chiefs have really had like a true number one scoring offense in the last couple of years. They do it in kind of like breakdowns or like over the last six weeks. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I imagine it's probably going to be like maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New Orleans saints or a good offensive minded coaches outside of Andy Reid, um, but I think it's going to be hard for those teams to repeat kind of some of the success that they had last year. Yeah, I I, I agree entirely. I I also the Saints come to mind. I thought actually maybe even the, the Cardinals now that they have Nuke. Yeah. Um, with with Cliff Kingsbury and and Kyler Murray, that offense might actually be cr- crazy nice next year. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I mean, I do think the Chiefs and Ravens will be close to the top. I, I don't know. I don't think teams are super close to figuring out how to stop Lamar Jackson like completely. But yeah, I agree. It'll be hard to repeat last year. Uh, all right, next up, let's take a look at the Bears, who just signed Nick Foles. Lucas, what do you think? Did they upgrade by signing Nick Foles? I'm going big cash on this one. You guys know I'm a big Nick Foles fan. <laughs> um, he hasn't played in a while, but let's compare some stats looking at their last two years. Um, in 2018... Looking at completion percentage, Foles was at 73.2 with the Eagles, and that's including the playoff games he played. So he's playing against high-level competition, doing really well. That same year, Trubisky had a 66.6 uh, completion percentage. Not only is that worse, but it's also 666, so is he the devil? We don't know. Um, <laughs> in 2019, when Foles played on a bad Jaguars team, he still had a 65.8 completion percentage, which is Pretty close to Trubisky's 66.6 completion percentage from the previous year. So Foles at his best in terms of completion percentage is about as good as – or Foles at his worst is about as good as Trubisky at his best. If you look at interception percentage, Foles beats Trubisky both years, 2.1 to 2.8, and then 1.7 to 1.9. And on top of all of that, Foles has won a Super Bowl. Um, so he's at least the winner. So I think that they got a big upgrade by choosing Foles. I mean, he's not going to set the world alight, especially at his age, but he's proven time and time again, I think statistically, and in terms of just being able to win, that he's a better quarterback than Trubisky. I, I'm going I'm going complete opposite. I'm going a big trash on this one, actually. Uh, Nick Foles is just coasting off of the five games he played that year. It's, like, literally, that's it's so crazy. Um, he's only, he's never played a full 16 game schedule, um, or season by the way. Um, and the reason his completion percentages are high is because he's not asked to throw that much Lucas. Um, and it's because he, he only played five in one of the years he cited, he only played five games last year. He only played four. So he doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't stay on the field. 
because somebody he's benched for somebody else or is replacing somebody else. So, and if if you look, if you want to just throw out a number, another number, QBR in 2018 between Trubisky um, and and Foles, uh, Trubisky beats him out. And it's same in touchdown, like touchdowns. The most he's ever thrown in the season, Foles is 27. Like, which isn't bad, but it isn't. That's not necessarily with with a young yeah, with Foles. That, Foles is on the wrong side of 30 as well. He's 31. Trubisky's young. Yeah, but. Yeah, but if you're using the he didn't play a whole season argument, Foles didn't play a whole season that year either. He came in for Michael Vick. And that year, his efficiency was one of the best of any quarterbacks ever, which he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. So Yeah, and, but, and that's what I'm saying. The reason, the reason he only threw two interceptions is because he didn't have that many chances to, to throw an interception. Yeah, but 27 touchdowns <laughs> is quite a lot. Ridiculous. Yeah, that ratio is, I think, the best in NFL history. Yeah, but but that was 2013 though. We're talking about Nick Foles in 2020. So I think Nick Foles <laughs> on the way down is better than Trubisky on his way up. That, you're so wrong about that. I think I, I'm excited <laughs> for that <laughs> for the season. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Book, I will fully book admit I am a <laughs> I am a Mitch Trubisky hater and a Nick Foles lover, so I may be <laughs> a little bit biased. Yeah. But all right, heading into our next cash or trash. Oh, Wyatt. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, his new beard, cashing it or trashing it's it? It's trash. It's terrible. Uh, I've always kind of wished I could grow a full beard. I can't. I can only grow some chin hair at the bottom there. But it's it's like so rugged and so out of control that it's just it's not a good look. Especially kind of cons- like he like looks really beaten down in the picture that I saw of him. He he looks like he's in bad shape right now. Like he needs help. It's a cry for help. I think is what it is. So I'm going with trash on the beard. <laughs> yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, yeah, like maybe maybe a picture in, in better lighting would would make me like the beard more. But yeah, honestly, he just it, it, like yeah, I agree. If I could if I could grow my hair out that much, maybe I would I would be able to respect it a little more. But I can't. I just can't. I can't endorse it. It doesn't look good. Somebody compared him to the Tom Hanks in Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he's been living on an island. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, anyway, um, sort of related to the NFL, XFL was a big, big hot topic this, this season until it got canceled, of course. Lucas, what do you think? Is canceling the inaugural season that the XFL had going to kill its hype? I'm going to go trash on this one. I think people were pretty into it in the beginning. And had it maybe just been the XFL season for some reason getting delayed, I would maybe cash that it would kill the hype. But since everything else was canceled at the same time, I feel like it's just sort of a wash in terms of everything. Um, so while it may not be the best for the XFL that they were getting all this hype and it was building a building and the season was canceled, um, it might not be great for them. But I think because in the context of everything else being canceled, I don't think it's super detrimental for them. I think they'll come back next year fine. And they can rebrand it as the comeback of this new exciting thing. I think the XFL is fine, at least over the next couple of years. We'll see how it develops from there. But for now, I'll trash that. It'll kill all of its hype. I'm completely cashing this because um, when you think of XFL as a business, they're really going to struggle not having this revenue come in, especially since they're already not necessarily the biggest game in town. Um, Collectively, the audience declined 19% week week after week. There's a 17% drop between week three and week four. So I don't agree that the hype was building. Um, and I think that they, they're they losing their momentum in terms of working out the kinks of the game. And um, when when it's basically just your best players getting poached by the NFL, 
and like the best players are leaving all the time. I don't so see how you can continue that hype where when in college where the best players are getting poached by the professional sports, there's like a built-in franchise and tradition and all that and all that. So I don't really see the I won't be surprised if the XFL only lasts like a cup. Maybe if it doesn't even go on next season, I wouldn't be that surprised. Moving to the NCAA, um, Lucas Casher trash. The NCAA should have still released a March Madness bracket. I'm going to go trash on this one. It feels like trying to play out a season that didn't exist. I feel like if you're going to cancel the season, you should just cancel the season. Like, I guess it'd be fun to do bracketology, but in the end, like, what would be the point? Like, you're not predicting anything that will actually ever happen. So I think it's just good to end the season where it was. You have the end of the season awards where it's Dayton Sweat as of today, which is fun. Um, Kansas finished number one in the overall polls. I don't think you should declare a national champion or anything like that, but it just feels kind of pointless to release a bracket when nothing's going to happen. It just, I mean, maybe it'd be fun to occupy all of our times while we're quarantined, but other than that, I don't really see any value in it. Yeah, I'm agreeing on the trash here. Um, I mean, the teams didn't even get a chance to play their conference championships, so you can't really seed them because that's it's heavily dependent on the conference tournaments and in terms of who's gaining momentum and stuff like that. I think at this point it's better for people just to speculate, like, who would have won the conference tournament, and then let's let's make our own seed and everything. Yeah, so I don't see any point to it as well. Um, speaking of uh, the NBA, though, and NBA drafts, Bart, we're going to go over to you, cash or trash, that Anthony Edwards should go first overall in the NBA draft. Uh, I I struggle with this one, but I, I think it's a cash. Um, and the, the his redeeming quality has not actually anything to do with him. I just think this NBA draft is going to be quite weak. Uh, and so he's he's a weak number one overall pick in a overall weak draft. Like uh, the the biggest thing for me that bothers me about Anthony Edwards is the fact that he shot forty percent last season. Forty percent is abysmal, even for college. <laughs> it's uh, the, like the, can the man actually shoot the basketball? And he shot like thirty percent or something from three. Having a having a three point shot is clutch in the NBA. Uh, like borderline. Um, necessary, I would say. So I think he will overall because he is really young. He like he has the tools that will appeal to teams that think that they can sculpt him and, and get a really good player out of him in a few years. But I don't necessarily think he is good enough in a vacuum to be the first overall pick. So I'm actually going to disagree, but kind of agree with Bart on this one uh, in that I'm going to trash it. Uh, but I do agree with Bart that there there aren't a lot of good options here. Uh, it seems like the the number one pick this year. I don't I don't have any strong feelings to be honest. I I am I'm mad that you know Anthony Edwards shot forty percent from the field and is and is lined up to be first. But of the other guards up there, Lamelo Ball shot thirty seven percent from the field in his random league. You know Cole Anthony uh, from North Carolina uh, shot forty percent from the field. And when you when you talk about players who were like winners uh, in college, like the the top prospects for this draft are very much lacking on that you know anthony edwards georgia went was 13th in the sec this year um you know cole anthony from north carolina like this was north carolina's worst year and you know that i can remember uh and a lot of the other players who are up there are are international uh or we just haven't seen play a lot uh like Mm -hmm. james weissman and i i do think james weissman at this point I i would pick over anthony edwards especially if the top pick ends up being a like Golden State, who's kind of kind of established and might not have time to wait out um, Anthony Edwards's you know progression, I guess. And so heading into the our last cash or trash, uh, we have is Sabrina Ionescu 
the best women's college basketball player or did she have the best women's college basketball career ever? Lucas, your thoughts? I want to preface this by saying that I think Sabrina Ionescu is a straight-up baller and she's a fantastic basketball player and will have a great career and had a great career in Oregon. But I'm going to trash the fact that she had the best women's college basketball career ever solely for the fact that she never won a championship. Um, her stat line is super, super impressive. Maybe the best across both men's and women's college basketball ever. She's the only player between men and women to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 1,000 assists. She's the all-time assist leader um, in the Pac-12 between men and women. She's the most triple-doubles. But that being said, she could never win the big one. She couldn't get past uh, our woman, Enrique, in 2018 against Notre Dame in the Elite Eight. Or Baylor in the Final Four last year. I think there's a high likelihood her and Oregon would have won the national championship this year. But I think because she doesn't have that championship, I don't think she could be considered to have the best college basketball career ever just because she never won as impressive as her stats may have been across every area of the game. Yeah, Lucas, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I'm going to have to go with trash on this one. She's such an incredible player. She's going to have such an incredible WNBA career, uh, but the lack of the title really hurts. And I was, I was excited for it to have the chance this year um, and this this March Madness to, to make it happen. It seemed like Oregon really could, uh, but things were, were not going to go that way. And so it's it's really hard to to pick her over someone like Brianna Stewart, for example, who won all four years of her um, yeah. her W or um, yeah NCAA career uh, got a championship. So um, I think she does lose out on on best college basketball uh, career ever. All right. Thanks for that, Aiden. And with that, we'll wrap up the show. First off, shout out to our listener of the week, Luis Finnegan, who liked our last episode within the first 10 minutes of it being on SoundCloud. So we love somebody who participates and likes and shares everything we're doing. With that being said, please respond to our Twitter polls. We've been doing those recently. It helps get the word out there. It really just helps grow our podcast, which has been growing lately. We've had some more listeners. So share it with someone you know, share it on social media. And thank you for listening and tune in next week. Hope to see everybody soon.